That is, uh, you know, when, when a, a pastor can panic when uh, all of the worship leaders come and say, hey, we're all going on a conference on such and such a date, and Todd put a team together, and we're so thankful that he did that. So thank you very much. <clears throat> well, we are wrapping up our series called Fresh, and today I want to talk about fresh vision. And um, I want to introduce you to a lady. Her name is Betty. I love the name Betty. I think it's because I, my neighborhood friends, their mom was named Betty when we were young. But Betty, Betty was a secretary. Anybody here uh, in your lifetime you serve as a secretary type person? Raise your hand. If you've been a secretary, administrative assistant, okay, all right, yes. Thank you, Kay, you raised your hand. Thank you. We all know that um, I can't survive without that person in my life, and uh, Kay does a great job of, of being that, so thank you. But that's, Betty, was, she was a secretary at a bank in Dallas, and, and Betty, um, she had a little vision in her mind, in her heart, and her vision was this, and this was, this was a few years ago, so forgive me, but Betty's vision was that the secretaries that, that were in her building, that, that went, they had the same type of responsibilities that she had, that when they would make a mistake on their electric typewriter, that there would be a, a better and easier way for them to correct that mistake. And Betty thought to herself, you know, artists that, that paint with oils and acrylics, when, when they're painting and they make a mistake, they don't scrap the whole, the whole piece of art. They just get paint and they paint over it. And so she thought there's got to be a way that, that in essence, I could paint over my mistake, then be able to back up and retype the right letter, the right word, whatever it was, and, and you wouldn't really be able to tell. And so Betty went to work on designing something similar to paint that, that you could put on, on those letters, on that word, and, and it would dry quickly, and you would be able to type over it, and, and it, would look, it would look appropriate. So pretty soon, Betty started coming on to something, and all the ladies in the bank in Dallas, they began to use what she had created. And they, they, they enjoyed it. They thought it was helpful. And so Betty had this idea, maybe I should, I should contact some marketing companies because there's got to be a lot of other people that could make use of the same quality or the same, the same um, uh, you know, stuff that we're doing, and, and they would enjoy using it as well. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'll contact some marketing companies. By the way, I did not wet myself, Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So, so Betty, Betty reached out to these marketing companies, and, and they, they turned her down flat. They wanted nothing to do with her, her vision, her idea. And so Betty did what a lot of people with vision do. Betty said, I'm going to do it anyway, but I'm going to do it myself. And when something is in your heart, when it's a matter of vision, you will do it yourself because you believe in it. You believe that you're supposed to do it. And so Betty used her kitchen as R&D. And Betty began to work not, not only just to create small amounts, but to create larger amounts. 
and she began to sell it out of her home. Well, I don't know exactly how long it was, but in time, it became millions of dollars. Not just in sales, but millions in profit. $3.5 million in profit in a year with $38 million in sales. And pretty soon, Betty was approached by the Gillette Company and Gillette said, we're, we're willing to pay you $47.5 million for the right to have whiteout. Obviously, somebody changed the name. They called it mistake out when, when Betty created it. But vision, let me, let me tell you something about vision. Betty would not have created this product she wouldn't have been able to sell it without vision. Vision is the, the thing that's in your heart that is so strong that it won't let you stop doing what needs to be done in order to accomplish it. And so today I want to talk about three different kinds of vision. And the first kind of vision that I want to talk about it's called renewed vision, and that's R-E hyphen new, okay, renew, and new is the important part here, okay, because we're, we're talking about something that is new, something that is different, something that maybe hasn't been a part of your thinking before, and I want to tell you that, that in the scripture, when Jesus began to speak his new vision, and, and he spoke new vision several times, okay, if you want to see new vision, go to the Sermon on the Mount, to the Beatitudes, new vision, new vision, big time. And, and, and people did not, they didn't all like it. It says many people fell away because of what Jesus was saying. They, they, they knew he did miracles. They wanted to believe in him. They wanted to follow him. But, but some of this vision, man, this is not for me. Another one of the, the areas of new vision that Jesus talked about is later in his ministry, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it's, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. They'd never heard of that before. This was brand new to them. They had, they had, there was nothing in, 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 in the teaching that Jesus had provided for them previously that, that said, we had, to, we had to leave home and go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and again, in, in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus said to his followers, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Wait a second, Jesus, you're telling me that we have to leave Jerusalem, we have to leave our nation, the nation of Israel, and that we have to go into other nations and spread your gospel, even to those Gentile dogs. And the answer was yes, and they didn't like it. Not everybody's going to like your vision, and it's okay. When you know that, that the vision that you have is indeed from God, you're going to say, okay, I, I, I'm all right with that. In Jesus' day, many rejected his vision. Many rejected his gospel. In fact, some sought to change it. 
And what they did was they said, let's take Judaism, let's take the law, the things that we really like about being a Jew, and we'll combine them with these new teachings of Jesus. We'll put both of them together and we'll create something that's a little different than both of them. Now, maybe you've attended here at Silver Creek for a year or two and you feel like you don't really understand the vision and I want you to know I completely understand that because in 02, when I came, my family and I came to, uh, to interview um, and, and to talk about this, this role as a pastor here at this church, um, I was asked, and some of you might have even been at that meeting, but I was asked the question, what is your vision for the church? And, and it was a deeply spiritual answer. Um, I didn't get it from any book. It just came from my heart. And the answer was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I've never been here before. It's impossible for me to have a vision for what God wants to do in this church if I've never been here. A couple years later, it was nearing the end of 04. And God was beginning to speak to my heart, and the Holy Spirit was beginning to move in me. And there were, some, there, there were two words that were really strong that, that I'll never forget. And the Holy Spirit began to say the words to me, good neighbor, good neighbor, that, that God was, was calling us as a church to be a good neighbor. Now, that's not discounting any of the ministry that had already taken place. The church had reached out to the, the neighborhood directly behind it, the block behind it, and had really made an impact. Brandon, you remember those days. I mean, you were a kid, but you remember those days. You know, whether it was VBS or whether it was the Harvest Party, but, but people had reached out. There are people in the church from those days. But God laid on my heart these words, good neighbor. And I knew that God was speaking to me. In fact, he took it from there. He took it even beyond that and began to lay a phrase on my heart, taking the church to the community. And I, I, I've always journaled. I, I, you know, some people journal, man, they journal pages every day. I'm, I'm, I'm a little too ADD for that. You know, I can't do that. But, but I remember writing, and I, 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 some of my journals I save, some of them I don't save. I knew I needed to save this journal. Late 04, beginning of 05. And this past week, I just went through and I read these pages from that time, how God had spoken the words good neighbor and that God had spoken to me through the Holy Spirit, impressed on my heart. That's what I mean. Not that, not that I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but God was impressing on my heart through the Holy Spirit, the words good neighbor and taking the church to the community. God was speaking vision. And so I, I wrote it down, and this last week, it, it felt so cool to go back 17 years later and read those words. Because it, it, it's, back then, they were just words. They, 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 the things that God had in store for us hadn't happened yet. And so I was, it's exciting to look back like that. 
But I want you to understand that, that then in 05, the Holy Spirit did something that I could not have imagined happening. I had no way to accomplish it on my own. But the Holy Spirit orchestrated a, a, a very big transition in the life of the church. We used to be out about two and a half miles on M28, and God very specifically moved us from that location to this location. We had started out as Faith Assembly of God, and then when we moved into this building, we took on the name of this street, the name of this school, and we became Silver Creek Church. That was something that I could not have accomplished on my own. In fact, it wasn't even my idea. But it was really apparent that the Holy Spirit was moving. The activities that you see that are connected to this church now are because of that vision. The vision of being a good neighbor, the vision of taking the church to the community. You say, well, man, how can you be so sure? I, I'm, real, I'm very sure because things like the thrift store could not exist without that vision. I've told you this before, but people, other pastors in our fellowship, they think I'm crazy because we have a thrift store. My brother told me that once, um, probably about six or seven years ago. He said, Kevin, he said, it's obvious God is in it, but you, people think you're crazy. And I told him, I said, I wouldn't change it if I could. It's that good. Eight years ago, this idea of the thrift store began. On October 1st, we're celebrating our anniversary, our eighth anniversary. Just a few weeks ago, in fact, a couple weeks ago, a note came in the mail to one of our staff people at the thrift store. And I made a copy of it because this is just, this is too good. And at the top, it says the, the staff person's name, and it said, we love you. And it signed, your biggest fans. And then down at the bottom, it says, to Silver Creek Church, or excuse me, to Silver Creek Thrift, thank you so much for helping out with needed essential items during the rough spot in our lives. It was greatly appreciated, and it's signed by Shane and Caitlin. Shane and Caitlin were living in a hotel down the street. They were homeless. Someone told them, listen, you can go to Silver Creek Thrift, and they will help you. Not they will sell stuff to you cheap. They'll help you. And so they walked in, and our staff helps them get what they need. And when you're homeless, you can't afford it. And so we're able to just minister to them and give it to them. The question that I have is, as somebody who might be relatively new to the church, are you willing to become part of a vision like that? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to allow God to renew your vision, to give you a vision that aligns with the vision that's here at Silver Creek? Because we're going to continue to be faithful to that vision. And so we're hoping that God puts that same vision in your heart as we move forward. The second kind of vision I want to talk about is refreshed vision. In Habakkuk chapter 2, 
verse 2. Um, there's, this is, uh, Habakkuk is a prophet who prophesied about the people of Judah, and this is uh, over 6,000 years ago. And the vision, here's what he said in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write a vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. And what he is doing is he is speaking on behalf of God. That's the vision. The prophet is saying, here's what God has said, and he's telling the people to write it on, on big. Write it really big. Make it very plain. Make it easy to read. Uh, make it something, and, and we need to record it. I didn't realize it at the time, but that's exactly what I was doing in 04 and 05. When I was writing in my journal, I was recording the vision that God was laying on my heart that had not happened yet, but I would know that it happened when it happened because I could look back and I could read exactly what God had spoken to me. And so I can say with a complete sense of confidence that, that God was in this because he has brought it about and it's happened. Habakkuk said, make it, make it big, big legible letters. Not, not like your, any of you that have a giant, you know, I, I've really, you know, I don't want to have a giant lettered Bible, Okay. I don't want. I, I don't want to, but I'm so. <laughs> I'm I'm worried that someday I'm going to have to have it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about billboard letters. Okay, something that when somebody walks by on the street, they can see it. Let your vision be that plain. Let it be that clear that God has spoken. That God is leading, and here's where He's leading you. Record it. Write it down. Make it easy for people to see, easy for people to read, so that everyone knows years from now when it happens that this is God that said it was going to happen. Now, maybe you've been here for a number of years. You've been a part of various ministries in the church. You've served various in various outreaches, but you kind of have a feeling that maybe it's time for someone else to serve. Maybe I've, I've done enough. And I, I think it's time for me to take a break. Maybe you've grown a little bit disconnected, but you say, oh, I'm connected with people. I, you know, I know some people. I mean, not by name, but I, I recognize them by their face. You know, I know some people. But really, to be honest, you're disconnected with the vision that God has laid on our hearts here at the church, and you may need to have a refreshed vision. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, and I hope that you will do the same to refresh your vision. And there's a reason why, because in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the first half of that verse, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. And that Hebrew word for revelation is interchangeable with vision. When you look up the word revelation, it says vision. So where there is no vision, where there is no revelation of God, what God wants to do, people cast off Restraints. In other words, they stop working together because vision helps people work together. One of my favorite things, if you ever go to a small town, uh, uh, you know, county fair, is to see the horse pulling. And you watch those horses. They harness them together 
They get excited, and together they pull far more than they ever could uh, if you added their individual totals up if they were pulling alone. It is something that we cannot explain. It's called synergy. And when God lays vision on people's hearts, they can do more than they could ever imagine doing. Over the last several years, something that has been an opportunity for us to live out this vision is Feeding America. About 45 volunteers get together. A few weeks ago, I told you about Dan, who's gathering boxes all month long, right? Well, on on the day of the event, 45 people show up. I mean, it is like magic. Am I, I'm serious. This is, it's like magic. They show up. At first, we're like, oh, we gotta call everybody. We gotta, you know, we, we like, we panicked at first. It's like, we have got to have somebody sign in blood that they will be here, you know, because we were scared to death that this semi-truck was gonna come and we couldn't get the work done. And they just show up now. from all over the community, they show up. Businesses show up. Doctors' offices show up. Service groups show up. People from down the street said, hey, I saw the truck, I wanted to come help. It's incredible. 45 people show up, and we get to give food to about 500 families from our community. Last week, you heard Pastor Ben mention a lady that pulled up, she and... and, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a husband or a boyfriend or what it was, but they pulled up and, and they, they weren't there um, earlier when the food was still there. They got there and there was like yellow squash and something else that was left. Plums, thank you. At least plums you could have a, a you know, you, you could eat it. That yellow squash. <laughs> there was some, some carrots that were, were not not you know, we couldn't hand them out because they were in bad shape. So I took the carrots home, put them out for the deer. And there was a yellow squash in there. And I had my grandson Levi out there with me. And we put the carrots out and he saw that squash and he picked it up, brought it in, put it in the garbage. He said, the deer won't want to eat that. <laughs> so, so we, we had this opportunity, but, but she didn't get there early enough. And, and somebody, a volunteer came to me and said, this lady's crying. She's crying because she didn't get any food. Not crying like mad. Crying like devastated. And so I went out to the car and I, I just started asking questions. You know, I said, where are you guys from? What brings you to town today? How long are you going to be around? And I said, any chance that you could come by later this afternoon? She said, yeah. I said, I'll make sure that I have a gift card from a grocery store. And you won't have to go back into town. I'll make sure that it's the the grocery store here. So you're here, it's right there. I'll get a, a gift card. And she said, you don't have to do that. And I said, I know I don't have to do that. But when God has told you to be a good neighbor, that's what you do. So I ran, got the gift card. I'm doing something in my office. I don't remember what it is. She comes in and comes to Kay's desk. 
And she said, I was, you know, I'm told I'm supposed to come back in. And, and Kay pulls out the gift card. And listen, if you bought groceries lately, you know $100 doesn't buy you much. But it was a $100 gift card, and, and she started to cry. And my staff was able to take care of things, and I, I, I was stuck to my desk. I don't remember even what I was doing. But I got freed up a little bit later, a few minutes later, and they had gone down to the thrift store. And so I ran down to the thrift store, and they were checking out. I don't, even, I don't know what they were buying, but they were handing their card to our staff person at the cash register, and I snuck in behind the, cash, or behind the counter, and I looked at the staff person, and I said, no, this is just a gift. And again, they couldn't believe that someone would treat them like that. Friends, that's what vision does. You see, it takes a team of people to do these things. It takes a team of people. People like Karen from Barriga. Or excuse me, Big Bay. Karen, she comes to Feeding America and picks up for seven other, seven families. And she, one week, we, we, we noticed it on Monday that somebody filled out an online connect card from, from Big Bay, and it was Karen. And we're like, we know this lady. She said she comes to Feeding America. She said, I'm so glad that you guys have church online because I, there's no way I could drive from Big Bay every Sunday. Karen is a part of this church family because of that vision. Karen, when, when Karen comes now, Karen doesn't just sit in her car. Karen has to get out and give us hugs. <laughs> you know, she, she is a, a participating member of this church. It takes a team of people with vision to lead kids to worship Jesus the way Caitlin does and her team, who often is her husband, Ethan. And the team needs to be bigger. But it takes vision. People have to grab the vision. They have to get it. They have to understand it. They have to accept it. They have to embrace it in their own hearts. It takes a team of people with vision to welcome people at the door when they arrive. During first service, there was a, one particular new family I was chatting with, and I said, hey, I want to make sure that I get you a welcome gift. And I went out to the welcome area, and I grabbed two bags, and I talked to the people that were at the welcome area, and, and, it, and it was Phil, and Phil had two bags in his hand, and he said, who's this for? I said, well, there's a new couple with three kids. They said, that's what these are for. He, man, he was already on it. He's got the vision for it. He's got the vision. It takes people, a team with vision to mentor, spiritually mentor teenagers. It takes people with vision to watch kids in the nursery so that other people can worship. Not everybody's kids are as good as Brandon and Jessica's kids. Sorry if I let that out of the bag. These kids are, they're amazing. My grandson is not in the service, okay? There's a reason. 
okay? I'm sorry. There's a reason. Why am I grand? And if he is, somebody's chasing him, all right? And he's leaving real quick. We need that. We need people with vision who are willing to do that. Does your vision need to be refreshed? Does your vision need to be refreshed? The third kind is this, restored vision. Maybe you've been here a long time. You see how things work, but you're, you're just content to watch other people work the vision. If you've been here for a long time, you probably know that this church has been in existence for 31 years. 31 years. I don't know if you know this, but churches don't all last forever. According to Ed Stetzer at the Center for Missional Research, they did a study on 2,000 new churches that were planted between 2000 and 05. And after four years, only 68% of those churches had survived. I don't have the data for year up to 10 years and 20 years and 30 years, but it's easy to just get used to the fact that the church is here. Ah, it's always going to be here. Well, it always hasn't been here. It's been here for 31 years. I'm reminded of Newton's law of motion. An object that rest, remains at rest and an object in motion remains in motion at constant speed and in a straight line unless acted on by an unbalanced force. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to be that force in your life. If you've been here for years and you're content to watch other people engage in the vision. Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Wisdom is just a general spiritual illumination, but revelation is the drift of what God means. And I'm asking God to restore your vision so that you get the drift for what God is speaking, what God is calling us to do. I want you to accept that. I want you to have a vision that will see transformation in the body of Christ. It's like the young lady that came to our thrift store. She had to do community service. She had a DUI. And someone invited her to church. She came and sat with one of our staff members and cried the entire time. She invited Jesus into her heart. She comes regularly and she brings others with struggles like hers. And she serves. Friends, I'm praying that God will open our eyes to see people like Bonnie. People like Bonnie. Bonnie is someone that she'd been Catholic her whole life. And God has opened some doors for me to be able to do some things in the community that I never anticipated. I get to do funerals for people that I don't know. And Bonnie was at a funeral five, probably five years ago that I didn't. Five, six years ago. In fact, I had to think about who she was talking about. I, I couldn't remember the person. And, and Bonnie said something, some, I, I listened to that message and it really, it really touched me. She said, I, I've been disenfranchised from the church. I've been disillusioned by the Catholic church and, I, and as we, I just decided I'm never going back. And she said, then I heard that you guys were doing church online. And I realized that's a church 
I can be a part of. And I met Bonnie for the first time. She's part of our church. I met her for the first time last week. And she's a part of our church. Transformation. I'm praying that God will restore our vision. I'm so glad that God has given us vision. I'm so glad that I took time to write it down on these pages. Because now, I'm not very smart, okay? And I, I would not remember 17 years. I wouldn't remember two words from 17 years. If God had not spoken it, and if I had not taken the time to write it down, when our township government sent us a note in the mail that said, thank you for being a good neighbor. God, you gave us this vision to be a good neighbor and we've been doing it long enough. I won't say well enough, but long enough that they can articulate it without us saying it. That's amazing. God has given us vision. I told you this, that this summer, one of the township employees asked two questions. One question was, why why have you come to paint the township building? And the other one is, Kevin, why are your volunteers always so happy? And the answer to the question, both questions is exactly the same, Jesus. That song that Todd led, give me Jesus. The song that he led before that, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Father, I pray, I pray that you would renew and refresh and restore our vision. And God, we know that you're not done with us as a church, but there are pages, there are journals yet to be written about what you want to do in the 5, 10, and 15 years, 20 years from now. You're not done. Father, renew Refresh and restore our vision, I pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for transformed lives. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate today what God is doing. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.